0: Hello, Magic Makers, and welcome back to the Metaphysical Apothecary. We are your hosts, Shannon and Megan. Hi, everyone. Also known as the Scorpio Sisters, here to explore the mysterious, the magical, and the arcane.
1: Shannon and I are so excited to give you some juicy information on the crafting season, or as we like to call it, the witchcrafting season. its <laughs> Maybe my second favorite
0: season aside
1: from sewing. Yeah, there's so many beautiful things that you can create during these times of the year. These times of the year are so rife with potential in general. Imbolc and Lamas are also amazing times of the year because even though the day of observation for Imbolc that a lot of us celebrate or change over our altars, that's past. But it's a season. Mm-hmm. Both of them are a season. They're weeks long. And we can stretch this out into weeks because in both cases, there's a lot to do. In bulk is very much the dawn of the year. You can see the sky just beginning to lighten. And you can see the signs of spring on the larger landscape begin to pop up. The days are getting a little longer. You can see the water begin to move under the ice. If you live near a place that has water that freezes over, birds are starting to return. In some areas, you might even start seeing things like snowdrops or crocuses start to poke their heads up out of the ground. Whereas during llamas, it's the dusk of the year. You know, it's twilight, you're starting to see the beautiful, bright, fiery colors of the sun as it sets, and the fruits of your labor are coming to the point of harvest. You're really cashing in on all of the productive, beautiful growth of the summer months.
0: And it really starts to break in bulk.
1: Yes in bulk is a time when you start planning your planting and llamas is when you start reaping the rewards of that planting they're parallel to each other they're on the same axis and
0: that means that they are a pair you can't have one without the other and so being able to talk about both of them at the same time actually allows us to remember that we're prepping now for the next one, whether you're in the Southern Hemisphere and you're currently celebrating Lamas, you're prepping for Imbolc. Mm -hmm. In the Northern Hemisphere, if you're celebrating Imbolc, you're prepping for Lamas.
1: Yep, exactly. Basically, we get to enjoy the rewards of each holiday when the holiday comes around. Because if you've done your work during Lamas, you have some really beautiful craftings or in historical times when it was extremely important that you had your food preservation techniques down and you were using that time to plan and to make or in bulk. you had some really wonderful things to eat, some really warm clothing to wear as in bulk approached. And if you did your work during Imbolc, as we said before, you have an amazing harvest and things to use to craft during the winter at Llamas. Our ancestors didn't just celebrate Imbolc and Llamas on one day. They were a sign, the beginning, a time of lots of flurry of activity.
0: We also chose to talk about Imbolc and Lamas because when you look at literature, pagan literature, witchcraft literature, fiction, nonfiction, while they're always included, they're not really given us spotlight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Our society doesn't understand the necessary actions that our recent ancestors took all the way to our very distant ancestors had to take during these seasons. In order to make sure they did have a prosperous year, Mm -hmm. we don't have to take the same steps anymore. And we've forgotten just how important these two seasons were, right? Now we can go to the grocery store and pick up strawberries any time of the year. Yes. So we're living outside of the seasons. We're forgetting the seasons of how things are done and how things grow and why things are growing during that season. Uh-huh. A natural progression of our society. And now, hopefully, we'll see more influx of information as we start to reclaim these seasons for what they really are these crafting seasons. We Mm -hmm. claim this time for what they truly are powerful
1: points in the year. Yes. Imbolc and Lamas are powerful times of transition. As we do embrace the rhythms of the seasons, we can embrace our own internal rhythms as well. So taking the time to really enjoy these times of year, whether you do get crafty, whether you go inward, and choose to do the growth, and the planting, and the harvest within your own spirit, or whether you simply just do a small daily ritual throughout the season, it can enable you to get in touch with your own personal rhythm, and really expand upon what you're capable of as well. Yes, let's get into the juicy parts. Let's get into how you get crafty during llamas and in bulk. During in bulk, you're still in the thick of winter, especially in most of North America and Europe. The days are getting longer. You're chafing to get outside, but it's still really, really cold. (laughs) It's a really, really good time to have a look at what you've got in the house. Have a look at your clothing, because not only have you been wearing those sweaters all winter long, you are getting ready to start breaking out your spring stuff. So it's a good time to pull out and see what needs to be mended, see what could be donated, see what could be repurposed into something else. Get crafty with your clothing and the fabric in your home. So visible mending is one of my very favorite crafty things to do, especially during this time of year. It's not only a way to make your clothing functional again by mending holes or rips or tears it's also a way to put your personal stamp on it and embroidery and sewing and visible mending needle felting, whatever you choose to do are all amazing ways to add a little bit of magic to your clothes whether yeah. oh
0: go ahead No, yes I'm, I'm, I'm expressing enthusiastic
1: agreement oh, yes Whether it's a patch that you've embroidered or put a sigil on the back of, you could choose a specific color of thread when you're mending visibly. You can choose a specific shape or symbol. Instead of just stitching up that rip, you can embroider over it in the shape of a heart or a star or a spiral, or whatever shapes or geometric forms really speak to you. You can put a hexagram on the tear in your cardigan that's near the collar, and then suddenly it becomes an alchemist's cardigan. So there's some really powerful ways you can use this practical task to infuse some magic in your life. And as you're Doing these alterations, you can chant, you can play specific music, you can spritz the area when you're done with a specific water to bless and consecrate it with whatever charm or glamour or spell that you're working into the clothing. One of the other very traditional things that you can do during imbue is start planning that garden. This is the perfect time to get those seeds, to get those seedlings to start germinating both seeds and intentions. Even if you don't have enough space to grow gardens outdoors, you can grow herbs inside. Container gardens. Yes. You can grow herbs inside. You can plan out a container garden. You can grow potatoes in laundry baskets. That's a really fun project to do with kids too. I have a container garden that I will do during the
0: spring, summer months, and it's usually herbs that I can start germinating during Imbolc, and that's what I'll end up doing as well. So I will pick out the herbs that I'm going to want to work with and learn from, start thinking about my basil because that's one of the plants that I can grow without any trouble. Uh Lavender, I'll start thinking about and try to germinate. And I'll pick a new one and try to figure out, can I grow this? And what can I learn from this particular plant or herb? I, I keep it small, people. I'm telling you, I do not really have a green thumb. It's black.
1: <laughs>
0: it causes death.
1: But if you want to try your hand at growing herbs, it should give everyone hope that Shannon can get some of them to germinate and thrive. Yeah. Illegally downloading plants? How do you illegally download plants? So the way that you illegally download a plant is you, <laughs> you go to a garden center and you look for Plants that have, especially succulents or another plant that all you need is a leaf or a cutting, that have dropped that part of the plant on the floor, on the shelf. You pick it up, you pocket it, you take it home, you root it. Because it's on the floor. Nobody's That's going to get swept up and thrown away.
0: So it's oh, a big, okay. uh,
1: another way you can download plants, maybe not illegally, is to salvage the rootable and plantable parts of your grocery store findings and regrow them infinitely.
0: Mm -hmm. This is a great time to start doing candles. Yes. Both a practical or used to be a very practical thing that has turned more magical.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. One of the Christian labels for this holiday and season is candle mass in history around this time you've depleted most of your candles your light source mm-hmm. now that we have electricity we don't have to think about that but this is a great time to make your own candles and start prepping before the next seasons with what candles you want to have for the equinoxes the solstice Not that I'm going to because I don't have the space or the materials. But if I could, I would work with candle magic, making candles with sigils that I can carve into those candles or using herbs, essential oils into the scents of them. And this is a great time to do that. It's a great time to make
1: those candles that you can burn throughout the year. Mm -hmm. It's also a lovely bit of solar magic because you're creating something that produces light and warmth naturally Mm -hmm. and then you can use some of these candles that you've created as part of your
0: invoke altar it's also great to have these candles on the side just in case there's a blackout later on it's a great time to make sure you have a store
1: of emergency candles for light And it is perfectly okay to use magical candles for that kind of a practical purpose because magic is nothing if not practical. There's a practical purpose behind every magical thing that we do.
0: Yes. You can always set aside ritual candles, but I make sure to have enough candles that I can utilize in either situation if I'm casting or. Doing a ritual, or if I just need an
1: emergency candle. Mm-hmm. Some of the purely magical, ritualistic activities that you can do during this season to celebrate it are doing weather magic. It's when the spring and summer fairies are waking up and becoming active, it's coming on their season when there's lots of sun and flowers. So they're starting to wake up and become more active. And it's also a time to enjoy one of my favorite categories of food, which is dairy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kitchen witchery. Yes. Kitchen witchery. I,
0: that's what I'm really excited about because that's what I do consistently.
1: Uh huh. So me too, especially since we live in urban areas, kitchen witchery is one of those things that you have access to if you have a kitchen <laughs> yes and, <they>
0: <laughs> and if you're eating food you have an ability to incorporate kitchen witchery yes
1: anywhere that you have a kitchen hot plate tea kettle you can do kitchen witchery mm-hmm. and if you have salt and pepper which is all we had in college <laughs> mm mm-hmm. And in bulk is a wonderful time to do kitchen witchery. The herd animals are starting to milk.
0: They're starting to lactate.
1: Uh
0: And our ancestors would have started to make butter, cream, cheese. They start the process of making these very delicious things. Uh One thing you can do is take a good butter that you bought at the grocery store and leave out a little bit For the Fae that are coming in. And the Fae that are leaving. Yeah. I also love this season. For
1: my kitchen witchery. Because I love creamed soups. Mm. Oh my god. And they're hot and comforting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're so simple to make too. So if you really want to amp up. The growth idea. And the. Spirit and season of in bulk, you can really pack your cream-based soups with um, root vegetables, yeah. celery root, potatoes, onions, garlic—all amazing. You could put all of those in a cream-based soup, and that would be primo stuff. Mm-hmm. Both magically and on your on your tongue for taste buds, <laughs> especially on your
0: tongue for taste buds.
1: Yes. Our vegan magic makers out there can absolutely still participate in this particular kitchen witchery. You can use coconut milk. You can use oat milk. You can use any plant-based milk you want in these cream-based soups. It is a perfectly acceptable magical substitute if you don't eat animal products. In addition to cream-based soups, ginger as being a root-based Spice, ginger, turmeric, galangal, and any other dried spices are also appropriate during InBull. If you want to go the latte route and make yourself a beautiful ginger and turmeric, any kind of milk you want, latte, that can be really, really delicious. Go ahead and put those in a delicious latte with some cinnamon and some black peppercorns. Or some pink peppercorns, because that not only enhances the flavor, it it helps you absorb all the goodness from the turmeric and ginger. Mm-hmm. Masala blends are wonderful, because those are a blend of both seeds and roots, and they're spicy and warming and solar-powered magically.
0: Not all of us have root cellars anymore. You're pulling resources from your root cellars to use things before you lose things Mm -hmm. you're you don't want to lose the roots that have been harvested starting in the moss and around this period of time your root vegetables are going to get start getting soft you need to be able to use that in some way shape or form so that way you actually feed yourself and your family and your animals Mm -hmm. you can also make a root vegetable roasts yes During this time, which is also delicious.
1: Mm -hmm. All you really need to make that taste good, even if you're not a cook, just some sort of cooking oil, salt and pepper, throw it in the oven on a sheet tray for about 20 minutes at 325 or 350, depending on how hot your oven gets. And I promise you, you're going to have a really lovely feast after that.
0: And if you are a meat eater, fish and lamb are very big on the historical front of the feasting. And for desserts, I like cheese-based desserts around this time of year.
1: Me too. So obviously there's cheesecake but don't underestimate the power of a beautiful yogurt parfait. If you're layering the layers of parfait, you can layer them with intention and make that into a spell with many, many layers that you consume and you absorb that energy and project it back out into the universe and attract to you all of the abundance and protection and good health And cleansing and nurturing that are coming through the changing seasons. You can make parfaits with dried fruit. You can make them with a homemade granola made from oats and seeds Mm -hmm. and nuts. I like to blend yogurt sometimes with nut and seed butter because it makes it even thicker and creamier and you can add spices to that as well so cinnamon a little bit of black pepper turmeric latte parfait sounds amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly oh, there's nothing better than a winter parfait so winter parfaits are delicious cheesecakes are cheesecakes are
0: amazing i like making homemade cannoli cones It's so light and airy and fluffy, but you can season it so well with chocolate or lemon. So depending on what intention you want, what magic you want to be brought into your life as you consume it
1: and or share it with your family. For anyone listening who is salivating over this recipe, you can make them at home. The recipe is provided to you with magical correspondences on both Instagram and Facebook. It's also a time to honor the Brishid and her hearth. It is her festival. It is her day. She's also associated with forgery, forging, mm-hmm. and blacksmithing. And she is also heavily associated with the magic and safety of the sacred space of hearth and home.
0: In my ancestry, Eve is the goddess of fire, the sacred fire, fire of the hearth. Fire of the Forge.
1: Okay. And there are lots and lots of ways to honor her. If Whether you follow her or not, she's a very benevolent goddess. So if you want to honor her, she's definitely going to be okay with that. And if you prefer to honor someone else, she's also going to be perfectly fine with that. She doesn't get insulted easily. So there are a bunch of different ways to honor her. You can make a bride's bed using Mm -hmm. a corn or a wheat doll made during the previous llamas. Yeah, Uh, I've been making bride beds as part
0: of my celebration of the season in general since I was a child. I would hold things that we didn't need anymore, things that we were getting rid of, old clothing that you were going to you know, donate or weren't good enough to donate. You're going to throw away. You take that and you make it into a nest bed, and you just place your doll in it on an altar
1: to symbolize the breche. Basically, that's what breche bed is. It's it's a it's a compilation of these comfortable and comforting items where you symbolically create a place of rest and recuperation for the goddess Mm -hmm. other things you can do to honor the brigitte are to create a brigitte's cross or solar cross from natural materials straw grass palm fronds were all traditional but you can also use whatever you have on hand. Pipe cleaners are fine. Straws, um, paper straws, especially because they're biodegradable perfectly fine. Whatever malleable but still stiff enough to hold its shape kind of crafting supply you have, you can use to weave a Brigitte's cross. And you can display that over your windows, but for your doors. Again it's a way to hail the sun and, and bring in the warmer weather and the budding of the trees and the starting of the plants to grow more quickly. Mm-hmm. This is a great time to cleanse your altar. Take everything off of it dust everything, wash everything, put on a fresh altar cloth or a clean altar cloth, burn the greens from mule symbolically to help usher in the spring, and set up your altar. Mm-hmm. All of these activities that we do during Imbolc lead and feed directly into the activities we also perform at llamas whether they're practical, whether they're a blend of practical and magical, or whether they are purely ritual and vice versa. Lamas is the first harvest. It literally means loaf mass, just like we have candle mass for in bulk. We have loaf mass in the Christian world for lamas because this is when your grains are ready to be harvested, stored, processed and kept for the the winter months to nourish you and your family.
0: We have historical records showing that priests go out and purposely bless the first wheats and corns that were harvested during this period of time. And then they go to the bakeries that are going to bake the first breads made with those first harvests and provide a, a wholesale blessing over all wheat and all bread for the next year. Uh-huh. You were asking the divine or the cosmos, the universe, to bless your harvest and bless the products that you make with that harvest and thus the nutrition and prosperity of your family and your community and expand from there.
1: Rama uh-huh. is also a time when stone fruits like cherries, peaches, nectarines, Free fruits like pears and apples are ripe. Winter squash, root vegetables, brassicas like Brussels sprouts and broccoli, and summer produce. So the soft summer fruits and vegetables like berries and tomatoes and cucumbers. It's just this amazing time where you've got all this delicious stuff around you. So summer produce, including summer produce, is ready for its final harvest. And some of your softer fruits and veggies, like nightshades, are getting ready to be harvested for the first time as well. Mm-hmm. And this was a season of furious activity for our ancestors. And even for people today, I come from farming stocks. So one of the activities I remember doing throughout my childhood was all of the apples that couldn't be sold or we couldn't use, all of the apples surplus went into this huge kettle over a giant bonfire and it was hung on this giant iron tripod and they would all be cut up and thrown in there with spices and sugar and a little bit of salt probably water some other things and we would make apple butter all of the women would do all of the prepping of the, the apples and cut them up And all of the men, and some of the the younger women as well, would take turns stirring it. It would take all day to boil down from the white flesh of the apple into this dark, rich, reddish-brown colored apple butter that was then canned and shared throughout the family. Making the apple butter is a great way
0: to kitchen, which, especially with the family, Uh making apple cider. Uh Mm-hmm. As it's the first harvest, you're harvesting more than you can eat. You're harvesting more than your community can eat at any one particular point in time. You're preserving things. You're starting to make jams. You're starting to can. You're starting to dry
1: things out so that way or freeze them. As we stated, our ancestors relied on food preservation to help get them through the winter, and it's a really practical way for us now to take care of surplus from the garden, from the grocery store. You bought too many cucumbers, so you make them into pickles. And then you have pickles. There's all kinds of magic inherent in the pickling liquid that you would use. Vinegar associations with the seeds that you're using in there, mustard seed, things of that nature. And then there's also drying, salting Canning and jarring, candying, which is one of I know Shannon's favorite ways to do ginger and fermenting. My family, again, from a rural area, hunting was one of the ways that we made sure we had enough to eat. So my dad hunted during deer season and we would eat venison pretty much all winter because we would freeze most of it. But my favorite thing that he would do is cure and dry it to make jerky. So he would soak it in his recipe and he would turn our oven, put it on low, and then prop it open with a clothespin. You can do that with vegetables or fruit as well. Mm -hmm. Smoked peaches? Mm -hmm. Come on, that would be delicious.
0: I mean, I love grilled peaches, but yeah, smoked peaches is just as good.
1: Shannon has an amazing way to do ginger. I can do ginger. But I
0: also make ginger infused water that I like to add to any rice that I'm cooking or into broths just to give it that fiery, spicy kick to it. It's so good. Ginger syrup that comes from it. And of course, the the ginger candy pieces, which are really good to have when you have an upset stomach. Mm Mm-hmm and ginger infused sugar that comes off of it. So I'm preserving it in several ways in order to use it in several different situations, both medicinally,
1: culinarily, and magically nothing from that recipe goes to waste. You even use the sugar that falls off of the candy ginger slices. Yes, I do.
0: Sometimes I'll sprinkle that onto a sugar cookie or oatmeal cookie. Sometimes I'll put that in my tea. Mm -hmm. If I'm feeling I need a little bit of sugar in my coffee, I will put the infused ginger in sugar. Ginger is
1: so impactful and Mm -hmm. good. Just good, period. There are lots of small batch food preservation methods that you can use, not just on meat, but also on fruits and veggies, just right in your home. And as you're going about it, keeping in mind the correspondences of the food that you're preserving, also the method that you're using to preserve it. You don't have to go nuts with the food preservation. You can experiment a little bit. You can start with one thing and get expert at that and move on to something else. Or it could be just something that you traditionally just do during that time. And the things you're not
0: preserving, the things you're not going to eat, you're not feasting on, you're probably going to start baking with. Mm -hmm. And this is my favorite kitchen witching thing to do during this season because you have so many fresh fruit and fresh wheat products and fresh corn products and fresh grain
1: products. You can add solar crosses to your pies and pastries, or sigils to crusts.
0: Glyphs. If you want to work with a planetary energy, you can add their glyph to your pastry. So yeah. you can add the glyph or symbol of Mercury to a pastry puff or a biscuit, or a pie, or even a cake if you want to decorate it with, you know, frostings or um,
1: glaze. Shortbread cookies. (laughs) Yes. You can also press seeds or dried fruit into the tops of all of these items to create symbols as well, Mm -hmm. in addition to combining the Ingredients mindfully to create energies and intention that you want to absorb and carry with you as the the night, the days grow shorter. Mm -hmm. Another
0: great way of using your abundance of produce is adding them to your breakfast foods, slices of a berry or even apple into your pancake mix and make fruit pancakes or fruit Mm
1: waffles. Or if you like oatmeal, steel-cut oats, you can put them in a heat-safe container in a water bath with the proper ingredients in your crock pot overnight. And then in the morning, you will have oatmeal that is perfectly cooked and flavored with all of the seasonings and magical intentions of your choice. I'm getting hungry. I know. (laughs) We're making ourselves quite hungry. Both seasons in Vulcan Lemnos are about not
0: wasting. So you're crafting your kitchen, everything around you, and you're crafting it
1: into intended use and consumption. Yes. And in cutting back on waste, there will always be a little bit of waste. Don't beat yourself up over a bowl of soup that went moldy in the back of your fridge. That happens to everyone. But the less we can waste, the more we get to enjoy the abundance that we have access to. Mm -hmm.
0: We have to redefine what waste
1: is. Right. And llamas is a wonderful time to sort of reframe how you think about waste because even though we do have access to grocery stores we have electricity we have forced air heat and radiators it's still a time that's leading into a season where we have less Maybe the produce at the grocery store isn't quite as good. So the pickled peppers that you have canned in your cupboard are more delicious because they grew out under the sun. Mm -hmm. Or you can't make it to the grocery store because there's a huge snowstorm or a blizzard or there's ice or whatever the severe weather during the winter might be in your area of the world. So you look through your pantry and you have these things preserve because of the preparation work you did during the Lamas season
0: exactly when you're starting to get ready to transition to a colder season you're not going to put away your summer clothes yet but you need to look at your winter clothes uh-huh. you need to determine are there patches and sewing that needs to happen is there knitting that needs to happen do you need to knit Mm -hmm. you're you're going to be crocheting might be quilting you might have all these beautiful lovely fabrics that you got from clothing that you absolutely love and you don't want to throw it away you don't want to donate it because you're sure that the donation is going to end up a waste pile somewhere you (laughs) salvage the fabric so you can quilt that into a blanket or Uh a taffy
1: that you just want to hang on your wall. And that can also be something practical to, for the winter because that adds insulation to the wall. So it's beautiful and magical because you can absolutely stitch witchery into that piece but it's also a practical addition.
0: I also take worn t-shirts that I'm not going to wear anymore. They're too loose or not comfortable, too small. And I actually put them on canvases. I'll staple them onto canvases and hang that as art. Yeah. If you keep uh, the t-shirt whole, you can put batting
1: between the canvas and the back of the shirt. Mm -hmm. And that helps keep Warmth in and cold out, it also helps dampen sound, so it stewards your energy, which you need to conserve during the winter. Mm -hmm. Another way to use those t-shirts or really any clothing is to turn it into t-shirt yarn. That can be rugs to keep your feet snugly and warm on hardwood or linoleum floors. You can turn that into row blankets, shawls, anything that you can knit or crochet, you can make with t-shirt yarn. And if they're not the colors that you'd like to use, see if you can dye them. The idea of not magics with crocheting, with dyeing, you're playing with color magic, even layers of color magic. High dyeing. Yes.
0: Which is color magic on top of matrixing magic. You can try to create a geometrical
1: shape in the process of tie-dyeing. Yes, sacred geometry and a great end-of-summer activity. Send your kids back to school uh, in some amazing tie-dyed clothing.
0: Mm -hmm. Or decorate your dormitory with some amazing tie-dyed
1: t-shirt canvases.
0: Tie-dye your bedding and your curtains.
1: Oh, yes. Or even just dye them. Batik dyeing is also a really wonderful way to um, update any fabrics. Mm-hmm. And curtains are another amazing solar magic activity. You can make them out of bed sheets, and they're also insulating. They add a freshness and a beauty to a room, and you let in as much or as little light as you want with them. As little as possible. When I'm sleeping, absolutely. If you're looking to alleviate some anxiety and really get some solar magic going, tie-dye your underwear. Mm -hmm. It it is a secret between you and yourself, and it really makes a difference in your mood. (laughs) (laughs) Your underwear always makes a difference in your mood. (laughs) It does. People underestimate that. <laughs> so other ways that we can really enjoy the llama season are by drawing together as a community. whether you have relatives that you like to celebrate the seasons with, or a coven, a community, a town that you live in, or found family, you can draw everyone together around a bonfire, safely and conscientiously socially distanced. When you're doing this, you can pull the intention into yourself to carry the solar energy and the warmth and the abundance of the closing season into the next season.
0: During Lamas, things that you can do that are purely ritualistic is make that corn or wheat doll uh-huh. that will end up in the bride's bed and in imbal. You don't have to use a wheat or corn. You could use paper. Or whatever you have at hand, cloth, to honor the first harvest season's energy to put on your altar or to be hung on your door, in your window, in some way, shape, or form to be displayed out to the world. Mm -hmm. You can also make wreaths with corn cobs, the year of the wheel shape where you have eight cobs. In a spoke wheel, or you can do a cornman wreath, which is a five-cob star, and hang that on your door. So you're honoring the year of the wheel and the how the cycles turn. You can be honoring humanity and man's effort to reap what they sowed, reap what you have sowed, and our progress in nature thus far. Yes, absolutely.
1: So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for this latest episode. We hope that, as always, the discussion we've had here helps you walk your own magical journey in a way that resonates particularly with you. Keep making magic and walking your own path. Bye, everyone.